This is the Teacher Mindset Coach Podcast, episode number 14. Hey, teachers, welcome to the podcast where we do the hard work to uplevel ourselves and have fun along the way. I'm your host, Ashley Wolf, and I'm here to help you rock your world with mindset stories, strategies, and skills that you've probably never been taught before. Let's do the damn thing. Hello. Today, we are going to focus on how people make meaning in their lives. And because of that, their lives are made. We are basically living the results of what our brain is offering us in relation to the stimuli that we encounter. Our brain is the filter and the interpreter of outside information for us. And if we allow our brains to operate the way they always have, and the way they are defaulted to work, we may never see ourselves reaching our highest potential on the peak of our mountain that we call our dreams. And what I want to offer you today are ways to observe and become fascinated with your brain rather than going on autopilot or judging our reactions and emotions. I'd also like to give you an idea of what I've learned about emotions and how we often use feelings as the playbook for making meaning out of our past, out of our present, and into our future without much of a closer look. In other words, we're so used to acting and making decisions based on how we feel that we may never stop to even question it. We make our feelings and emotions into the head coach calling the plays for the next thing to do instead of making our feelings and emotions just the spectators in the stands who have no real substantial power over the game. More on this football analogy in just a second. So recently I was being coached on some thoughts that I was having about growing my coaching business. I was so proud of myself when I was explaining to my coach on the Zoom call that I was having some thoughts come up like, you don't create enough value to be paid $100,000 a year. But I was almost immediately interrupting that thought, stopping it in its tracks and saying to myself, but I know that's not true because of everything I'm doing right now, all the value I'm creating right now. I know this thought isn't true. What I didn't expect (laughs) was my coach to point out to me, see how your brain is going right to the more supportive thought like that's not true, right when you have a thought come up like you don't create enough value to make 100k? I nodded my head slowly. Where the hell was she going with this? Did she want me to believe something like I don't create enough value? She kept explaining because she knew I was not wanting to admit that I had been thought swapping to avoid feeling the discomfort of my own growth. What is it that you feel when you think something like, I don't create enough value? What does that feel like in your body? She asked me. I had to pause and actually find that sensation inside myself for a second when I thought the thought, I don't create enough value to make 100K. In that short amount of time, I realized that the only physical sensation I could come up with was that I felt this tightness in my chest and shoulders. There was nothing else, no other way to describe it further. And usually I am really, really good at describing my emotions 
when they come up as physical sensations. And then she asked me, well, what is the emotion that's bringing on this tightness in your chest and shoulders? And I pondered for a bit and I finally said, fear. Fear of what? She asked. Fear of failure. And fear of a weed whacker being used right outside my window at the exact moment that I'd like to record my podcast episode. <laughs> what a fun analogy this is. Okay, keep recording. I can record a podcast and have a weed whacker going on outside my window. Watch me work. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, so there it was. Okay, fear of failure. I admit it openly. So there it was. My fear of failure standing on the sidelines, blowing the whistle, trying to make the calls, trying to make itself look so important, far more important than it actually is. My fear of failure being the emotion I didn't want to feel because I was still convinced in that moment that feeling the fear of failure was a signal that I'm doing everything wrong. And here comes the the big zero turn uh, lawnmower. Hello. <laughs> this is great. My fear of failure being the emotion I didn't want to feel because I was still convinced in that moment that feeling the fear of failure was a signal that I'm doing everything wrong and I'll lose the game. The game called being a full-time entrepreneur. And this... Um, real life play by play metaphor that's playing out right as we're recording. It's like the little fear of failure was the weed whacker. And it was like, Oh, yeah, it's there. But why? Here comes the big zero turn uh, lawnmower. It's like, Oh, you're gonna fail yourself and everyone else like, okay, so it's there. We can actually sit with it and process it. Okay, so we could go into all the specific reasons that being a full-time entrepreneur can be scary for me. But what I want to offer you here, along with my weed whacker and zero turn lawnmower friends who are right up my side my window. Um, what I want to offer you today with this example is that we all may have something that we are striving for that is bringing up a fearful or shameful emotion in ourselves. Especially when we listen to what our primitive brain tells us it thinks is the truth. But are you pausing? Here's your question. Are you pausing to notice this feeling? Give any attention at all to it, knowing that it can't hurt you? I haven't been doing this. And this is why I need coaching. In that moment, my coach realized that I was avoiding feeling this fear of failure. I was just switching my thoughts around really quick instead of being fascinated by my own human nature. There's power in this exercise and we're gonna do it today together. But first, I want you to remember, <laughs> hey, weed whacker, <laughs> I'm just gonna choose to laugh at it. I sure hope it's not too distracting to you, my listeners. Remember, our primitive brain is what helped our species survive. It is where the fight or flight response is, and it's where the thoughts that keep things the way they are come from. And thoughts are how our brain produces meaning about a circumstance by using our background knowledge, 
language, cognitive processes, and schema, and probably some other stuff that I just don't know about because I'm not a you know neuroscientist. A fun metaphor that I'd like to use today is that of a football game. <laughs> I was watching football with my dad this weekend. I was here helping him go through some of my mom's uh, clothing, and uh, football is on right now. It's December 31st, New Year's Eve, as I'm recording this. So imagine that your brain is like a stadium packed with fans for both teams, great coaches, amazing athletes, all of it. The fans outnumber the players and coaches 50 to 1. They are loud. They are intense. They are reactive. And they all just want their team to win. This scene of a huge crowd with their face paint and sparkly signs is what I'd like to say the primitive brain is kind of like. The primitive brain, just like the crowd, can be very loud and seemingly influential, seemingly influential. The primitive brain can be hard to block out, just like my little zero turn lawnmower friend and my weed whacker over there can be hard to block out, just like a mass of people cheering or jeering one team or another. The primitive brain can go a little haywire, just like a crowd in an extreme celebration when a touchdown is made or in sobbing devastation when they realize their game has been lost. But do the coaches, players, and referees stop at, at, oh, here's another zero turn. All right. This is awesome. But do the coaches, players, and referees stop at every play to ask the fans what to do, how to run, where to throw? No, they never do that. The coaches have planned and the players have practiced. They've done the work beforehand so they can show up as the best versions of themselves on the field. So the coaches and players in our imaginary football game in our brain are the sophisticated part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex. They have to make the best decisions for their team, regardless of what the crowd does. Decisions are made, actions are taken, and games are won and lost in the end. The teams go into a game knowing they have a chance of either winning or losing. Even with the possibility of losing, they show up and play their heart out anyway. The prefrontal cortex of our brains are smart like that. Players in a game know they won't die if they lose. And they sure as hell won't quit their sport if they lose a game. The prefrontal cortex, the logical side of our brain, knows that we won't die if we fail at something. But are we too quick to make fear of failure or the feeling of shame mean that we have made a grave error in the game of our life and we need to choose a different path? And by the way, that's also known as quitting on yourself in your dreams. In my example of when I was being coached, I'm not quitting on myself because of this fear of failure, but I'm not pausing to strengthen my inner coach either because I'm still practiced at making this feeling of fear mean that I'm doing something wrong. And y'all, I hate being wrong. Can you relate? (laughs) So in the football example, the people in the stadium are there to experience the game, not to make decisions, not to execute plays or keep everything running smoothly and fairly. But those fans sure do act like they should be the coaches, the players and the referees at times. Am I right? 
especially when things aren't going their team's way. Everyone suddenly becomes the expert. You should have done this. That call isn't fair. I can't believe this. And on and on and on. The loud fans for me represent the fear of failure. It's there. It's not to be ignored. But I'm trying to act like it's not there because of what... There is only so much grass on a side yard that you could mow. You should have been done with this patch of grass already. (laughs) I'm not editing any of this shit out, y'all. Okay. (laughs) Back to my plan. The loud fans for me represent the fear of failure. It's there. It's not to be ignored. But I'm trying to act like it's not there. Because of what I'm making it mean for my future. But if I step in and coach myself, I'll know in that moment that I'm going to feel the fear without judgment or prompting any like definitive decisions to quit specifically. I'm going to feel the fear as a neutral part of the process of becoming a full-time entrepreneur. I'm not going to make the fear mean that I have to quit on myself and my dream. A very quick weight loss uh, example. We are not going to make a number on the scale mean that we quit our weight loss journey. Simply if the number is not what we expect. Now, if you're on a weight loss journey and you're like, oh, hell, when I step on the scale, if it's not what I want, I'm devastated. I'm quitting. I'm eat about eating a bag of chips. Then that's kind of like maybe the future version of yourself in your weight loss journey is no matter what is on the scale, you're still committed to your goal. And the meaning that forms inside our logical brain, our future focused part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, may not be as loud as the stadium packed with fans in this football metaphor. So we just have to pause and breathe for a second to pay attention to the meaning that we're making and choosing on purpose for our highest good. So you ready to do this with me? Awesome. So first I want you to think about a time when you had a thought that wasn't so great about yourself or about what you're doing in your life. Perhaps thinking of a specific goal might help. Maybe it's a health or weight loss goal. Maybe it's a financial goal. Maybe it's a goal to improve a relationship or anything else that you want to reach that you haven't quite got in your life yet. When you think of the journey so far in trying to achieve that goal, what are some thoughts that pop into your head that don't serve you? For me, it was... You can't create enough value to make $100,000 as a coach. Now, here's a hint. Often, the thoughts that create fear or shame in, in us all point back to thinking that we're not worthy or lovable. We're not enough in some way. So take a moment to search for this simple phrase or sentence in your mind that is coming up when you think about reaching a goal. For some of you, this may be the first time ever that you're allowing yourself to even admit that these thoughts and feelings are present. Remember, you won't be harmed, even if it's uncomfortable, 
These are just sentences being shouted from the stands in a football game. As your own coach, you can carry on and make decisions. You can do this. When you have this sentence that's currently not serving you, let's pause to take a moment, take a breath, acknowledge its existence, and start asking some questions about it out of loving curiosity instead of judgment. Here's a question. Where is this feeling in your body right now? Is there a tightness or looseness about it? Does this sensation in your body have a color or a texture or a shape? Is this sensation moving or staying in one place? Just take a moment and even pause the podcast to maybe close your eyes, go into your body and just find out where this, this negative emotion is. Or listen to the weed whacker as it comes back around to perfect its work on the side yard. <laughs> so if you're not able to answer all of these questions as we process the emotion, no worries. I was only able to tap into like the tightness and where it was. I wasn't even willing or able to go into the processing of like, is there a color? Is there a shape? Is there a temperature to it? I just wasn't even there with my fear of failure. In that moment, I was being coached. These are just guiding questions to open your mind to the fact that this feeling is nothing but a physical sensation. It won't hurt you. Just like if a football coach were to notice how annoying or hateful the other team's fans are, and he paused to just describe them in more factual words, it would sound something like this. Oh, look, the fans on the other team for the other team, they're jumping up and down. They're spinning towels above their heads. They're opening their mouths and using their vocal cords at their maximum ca capacity and decibels. Their faces are painted. They are holding cardboard squares with sparkly letters and numbers written on them. The coach is still in control of the playbook, the plan, and so are you. So you've described this emotion in words of how it feels physically. Now let's name it to tame it. How do you feel when you think this thought about your goal that isn't helpful. Try using only one feeling word here, such as fear, shame, anger, frustration, worry, anxiety, and on and on. There's so many good words you could choose to describe and name this emotion. From my personal example, I think I can't create enough value to make $100,000, which makes me feel fear. Now, instead of continuing down into this model, we can actually just sit here with this uncomfortable fear or this uncomfortable feeling that you've discovered, and we can make it mean nothing. Feeling fear doesn't mean I will fail myself, even though it seems that way. Feeling shame doesn't mean I will fail others even though it seems that way. Feeling unworthy doesn't mean I will fail God, even though it seems that way. Feeling fear can mean for me that I'm a human with an expanding emotional capacity. 
I can feel fear and actually pull up a chair for it to be with me without judgment or worry or making it mean that my future is doomed. I can listen to it for a second, just long enough for it to make its appearance, do its thing, and slowly but surely take its place back into the nosebleeds with its green wig and sparkly sign. Then I will put my headset back on as the coach of my life, look over my playbook of massive action, knowing that I'm here for all of it. The cheering, the booing, the excitement of a win and the sorrow of a loss. Because a win or a loss is not the end. It's the beginning. And I'm here for all of it. Because all of it is for my highest good. How has this episode empowered you? I would love to see it on a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. I would love to see it in an email just from you to me. I want to know you're out there because I know you are. Every review on Apple Podcasts helps this podcast reach more listeners and I appreciate every single one. Now, I know that this was not a New Year's resolution type of episode, but to be quite honest, I just wasn't feeling it when I was thinking about episode 14 and when I was thinking about you. There's tons of podcast episodes that I'm sure will be published, hundreds if not thousands that are going to be published on New Year's resolutions and what to do in 2022. <laughs> that reminds me of my, my saying I was getting shit done in 2021, following through in 2022. I don't know. I'm just curious to know how my podcast is helping you. I love hearing from my listeners. Are you going to be the next one? Thank you so much for joining me today. We will see you next time. If you got something out of today's show, I invite you to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. I'd also love to see you in the Teacher Mindset Coach Facebook group so we can nerd out on mindset work as a community of badass teachers. And remember, you can always email me at coachwithwolf, W-O-L-F-E, at gmail.com. Now go be awesome. See you next time.